Hey guys, it's been a long time since I've made one of these episodes. I've just been very busy with work. I've had other projects I've been working on, and uh, I do plan on making this a regular show. I've been having trouble getting co-hosts for my other shows, and uh, you know, sometimes I have trouble having motivation to make something, as sometimes, you know, I just wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling an episode, and I can only speak to everybody if I feel like I can speak. And it's been a long time since I've had, you know, the urge to come and make a podcast, come make an episode. This is something I love doing. It's just something that takes a lot out of me sometimes. So that's why the last episode was about a little over a month ago. So people don't think I'm going away. It's just been a little bit of a hiatus per se. I do have some stuff coming up. I do have some new ideas, but... It's just kind of more so finding time to get people together, uh, finding time to make these episodes, and of course, you know, with the Christmas season coming up and family life always, uh, as you can hear my computer speaking to me, uh, family life getting involved, it's just, it's been a little rough in terms of trying to find the time, so I thank you for sticking with me if you're listening to this episode right now, and uh, let's, let's talk some basketball, let's have some fun here. So we had some college football action that happened over the last few weeks. We had the Army-Navy game. Congrats to Navy on beating Army. Although I am surprised no one hypes up the Air Force games more when Air Force plays Army and Navy. But that's here nor there. Nor concern on this show. I got a few topics today I want to talk about. Which include something I am very late to the game on. If you listen to sports media, you already know this story and you might as well just skip ahead. Because I'm absolutely wasting your time. But before I get into college football and I start ranting and raving about stuff that makes me mad and stuff that makes sense. I do really want to speak on this because it's something in the past I've been very vocal about supporting. So the NBA has this idea where they would like to add a mid-season tournament. And I think this is brilliant. So think about it for a sec. The NBA ratings are down. I don't know by how much, but they are down, and there are a bunch of theories about this. One of which is load management. And load management is something that people don't want to admit, but has been done since the beginning of time in sports. People all the time take games off, especially in short seasons. Heck, even in the NFL, you see some load management for teams already in when it doesn't matter. Why would they play? Which I agree with entirely. It's also... A fact that you these athletes have to play so many games nowadays compared to the past where you need load management to an extent. It's no fun, so don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly a supporter of it. I'm just telling you the reality of it. If you're against load management, unfortunately, you're against fundamental common sense sports practice. Because that's just what it is. That's all it's ever really been. I don't think teams are trying to to kind of come off as jerks in a sense where they don't play their starters at home. But, and I understand the fans' frustrations, it's just one of those things that you can't fix, especially with the season so long with such low stakes on so many games. The NFL every game matters. College football every game matters. Uh, Soccer, absolutely every game matters. Hockey, I mean, 
to an extent, every game matters, but so many teams just play for ties sometimes that I, I don't know if they always care. And uh, baseball. Baseball is the worst for this, where no games matter, it feels like. Basketball and hockey and baseball all kind of fall in that category, where load management would definitely be used the most. I mean, think about it in baseball. 100 years ago, even I bet 60 years ago, pitchers were pitching way more, and that's just a fact. Pitching way more than they do now, where it's like they get five nights off or something. In the past, that wasn't the case. So pitchers even have load management, if you think about it. Even, you know, in baseball all the time, stars take games off here and there because they play every day. NBA is kind of similar in that sense, just a little bit of a shorter season. So that's the first factor. The second factor people are talking about is that nobody, like, nobody cares. The players don't care, so why should the fans care? This is absolutely true. To so many teams, it just, it seems like they don't care. No one plays defense. It's not great fundamental basketball. I've only watched a few games this year, and every single game I've been kind of like, it's just so low energy. It's just empty, kind of. It's always been like this, so I don't get why people all of a sudden are up in arms, angry about this sort of, they don't care till the playoffs. And I assure you, the ratings will spike up in the playoffs, but in the regular season, they should expect the ratings to be down, especially when the players don't care, why should you care? The third thing are the controversies, and this show's not political, so I won't speak on controversies. All I'm going to say is this, I feel like it was a little polarizing to a lot of people with the whole thing about the Hong Kong protests. I feel like you did polarize some people, and now some people don't want to watch the NBA. I feel like it's not a, a giant number, but you definitely turned a lot of fans off with your uh, politics in that regard, and I absolutely do understand people who don't want to support the NBA anymore, especially with uh, some of the comments some of the players made, but it's something that personally hasn't detracted from me viewing the NBA because I just, I don't know, it's it's business, people say stuff, it's, I, I don't know, no matter what side of the fence you're on though, I feel like this hasn't been a massive reason to watch or not watch the NBA. Definitely in North America, I can't speak on any other continent because I'm kind of ignorant in that regard, I don't know. So those are basically your reasons. And the NBA has a kind of a fix, a mid-season tournament. Guys, gals, everybody, jump on this idea. The NBA needs this. A mid-season tournament, a March Madness knockout-style tournament, would be phenomenal. Everyone who hates this idea is a brainwashed North American sports fan, I think. Why can't you play for a secondary trophy? I don't get it. Why can't we have fun with this tournament where a team like the Mavericks could win because they have that one guy who's so dangerous? A team like the Bulls with a guy like Levine that can go off is so dangerous and puts so much emphasis on these games. You could have money rewards. You could have draft rewards. In fact, whoever wins this could have a guaranteed, I don't know, first or second seed. You could do something like that. Maybe a second would be more fair. Like a guaranteed one, so you couldn't go below second no matter what. It's just, I don't get it. People are hating on this because they're so used to North American sports and they haven't looked at other sports. Soccer has implemented this perfectly to the point where soccer fans, two trophies is normal. There should be two trophies in the NBA in every sport. Excuse me. 
And please, don't get me wrong, this isn't a participation trophy. It absolutely isn't. It's a hard-fought tournament. Like, if they call it the NBA Cup, perfect. Why do you hate this idea? I feel like you hate it just because you're too scared of what it could bring. Because you're terrified of an idea that there could be a second championship. So please, don't say this is a participation trophy. It's just a secondary trophy. It won't mean anything compared to an NBA championship. But it will mean something to a lot of fan bases to at least fight for it and feel like you have a fight in it. It feels fair. And the ratings for this tournament, I guarantee you, towards the finals, would be massive in a single elimination tournament. Don't fool yourself, please. Don't be foolish. Support this idea in the sense that you're revolutionizing a North American sport. That, in essence with this idea, could take it even higher than it is. Not just in the realm of basketball in North America, but around the world. Europeans love these tournaments. Every country that has a soccer team that knows this kind of cup system, I feel like will enjoy basketball a little more, or be more willing to give it a chance because it reflects their sort of soccer, the soccer model. Now, that's a little bit of a long shot, my second point, but I think my first one definitely has a lot of value. I'm just saying, give this a chance. Don't just hate on it. Let's at least see it one year. And if I were running the show, I'd make it where whoever won this tournament got plus 5% to their odds of getting in the draft lottery. So, basically, if... Uh, okay, maybe... Uh, okay, I thought about my 5% idea a little more. Just on the fly right now. I don't like that. How about this? You get a bid for the first pick in the sense that the teams at the bottom who all have their chance with that percentage, you get to match that percentage as if you were one of those bad teams. I think that's fantastic. It adds a whole new element to where you can draft. It adds something entirely new. I think... It would make good teams truly try, more so than they do any other game, and the ratings would be massive. You could fix the NBA. Because with teams maneuvering even in early season to try to kind of find a way to get into these spots, they're going to be trying way more. I'm just saying, give the midseason tournament a chance. Give it just a chance. You don't have to like it. If you don't like it after one year and you want to, I don't know, yell about it, go ahead. But in the meantime, let's see what happens. Next story is uh, just kind of some college football action I want to kind of get into. I do, I've always planned, and this is something that upsets me. I've always wanted to do an extra Classica show, which is a Polish soccer show, and also talk about some other leagues. It's just I'm so compressed on time, it's very difficult. So I hope I can make an episode on that very soon, and... Heck, if I have enough time today, I might try to start analyzing it, but I don't know how it's going to work. I hope so. It'd be a fun little show, maybe like five minutes. Maybe it's something that I could add to the end of the main event, but the main event crew I've been a little frustrated with, so it's just, I, I hope I'm able to make another main event soon. Let's go to college football, everyone. This is live. Alrighty. So let's go to the big bowl games. I know the games. I just want to look at the spreads as well. Um, here we go. So the first game is Oklahoma at LSU. LSU getting the one seed and Oklahoma getting the four. 
I personally agree with both of these. Both teams belong where they kind of do. And the spread right now is LSU by 13, and I think they're actually lowballing them. LSU might win by 21, and it might not be close. If Oklahoma showed it some, us something, it's that that Kansas State game really exposed that anyone can score on them and score whenever they want. Baylor had a very irrelevant offense. An offense that couldn't do anything. Especially when their quarterback went down and the backup didn't really show much. And then they went to the third string, had a spark, but it just wasn't enough to put them anywhere in Oklahoma's league. So, I have to say, Oklahoma, they, they're not going to win this game. LSU wins this, no problem. Joe Burrow, Heisman, great speech. LSU's not losing this game. This is the interesting one. Clemson with the three seed, Ohio State with the two. I hate Clemson, you know that. Clemson's going to win this game. Believe it or not, Clemson wins this game. Their depth is amazing. So if any of them get hurt, they got an equally good guy backing them up. They got a super mega star quarterback. I think Trevor Lawrence is a lot better than Justin Fields in the sense that Trevor Lawrence has been here before. Justin Fields hasn't. Justin Fields has had a better year. So let's not, you know, lie to ourselves saying he's not a star. He's a Heisman candidate, but... Trevor Lawrence has been here. He knows what to expect. Trevor Lawrence wins this game. I, I don't. The only way I see Ohio State winning this is if Clemson and Trevor Lawrence just choke huge and they just can't get the offense rolling. This will be a shootout. Teams will be scoring. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Defense is going to be an afterthought. But whose defense will make the plays is the question. And I think Clemson is a little better suited for this. So if I got to pick a finals then after this, LSU Clemson is intriguing because it's not an easy answer. It's not one that rolls off the tongue nicely. LSU, they got the star power. They got the names you know about. They got the offense everyone's talking about. They got Ed Orgeron. The other side, you got Dabo Sweeney's just rough, tough squad that really hasn't played anyone. So we don't know Clemson's true potential, but after they face Ohio State and we see that they've beat a top-tier team, finally, because I do think they have the talent to do so, as I've clearly said by my prediction, they still haven't faced anyone in LSU's range. They haven't faced a Justin Burrow. Because Justin Fields... Sorry, did I call him Justin Burrow? I meant to say Joe Burrow. Getting all the names mixed up. Joe Burrow is a little better than Justin Fields in the fact that if there was a draft and both these players were available, I feel like you take Joe Burrow first and Justin Fields maybe in the 20 to 30 pick range. Just due on what we've kind of seen this year. So I feel like you definitely need to, at the very least, take into account Clemson. This will be the toughest quarterback Clemson plays all year. The toughest offense they play all year. And one of the tougher defenses. A defense that's about a little worse than Ohio State, but an offense that's much superior. So, I don't think Clemson's ready in the first half, and LSU goes up big early. I think Clemson fights back and makes it a game. But I think LSU comfortably takes this, scoring 40 to 50 points, where Clemson puts up 30 to 40. It's it's not going to be a blow-the-doors-off-the-roof game, but it's going to be definitely a high-scoring shootout as well. Only game I don't see here maybe being a shootout is Oklahoma-LSU. Because I can see LSU getting a comfortable lead than running the ball. But as I said, I've been very wrong lately. So, 
guys, that's the end of uh, Flying Solo. Uh, I'm hoping I can make another episode today. I got some time before I got some other commitments. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. God bless, praise Christ. And uh, hope you enjoyed the show. You just listened to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.